Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. As someone who helps people get out of debt, the most common thing I hear is, Jordan, I wish I had reached out sooner. And when I ask them why they waited, people tell me I was scared or I didn't know who to trust. My name is Jordan Day, a licensed insolvency trustee at BDO here in Edmonton. And we can make it easier for you to talk about your debt. In person or over the phone, explore all your debt relief options for free. Call 1-833-BDO-TALK or visit bdodebt.ca to learn more. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. It is 12.33 in Edmonton. Brendan Escott, Cam Moon alongside one last summer day here. And... Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been a fun run. I'll say that it's been a busy run, certainly, but uh, we've enjoyed keeping you company through the uh, the noon hour here for the last couple of weeks. Bob's back tomorrow for the final noon hour show, and then we're into the evenings to keep you company, five to seven o'clock. Lots of texters, uh, first of all, praising that guest lineup, and a couple people wondering where the likes of Big George, Larock are going to be. Al May, they're not going anywhere either. Just uh, was giving you the list of our uh, our regular, our weekly guests on on that front. So we're we're not closing the address book. Don't That's you right. worry up about that at all. Okay, happy now to link up with daily faceoffs. Frank Saravalli brought to you by Horse. Racing Alberta. Uh, tomorrow, not only our last day, noon to two, it's the last day of thoroughbred racing for the season. Tomorrow, Friday, September 1st. Put it on your calendar, circle it, and then head on down to the track tomorrow. For more info, head to thehorses.com. We head to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. The River Cree has Brett Michaels live on September 16th. You can get your tickets now at rivercreeresort.com. River Cree Resort Casino excitement bet on it frank saravalli how you doing today my friend i am good what are you guys up to well today we (laughs) spent eight minutes off the top of the show talking about devon shore's one year two-way deal so it's just one of those days the good news is there hasn't been a lot of those days there's actually been a reasonable stream of news for us but a little bit of a slow one today so happy to catch up on the last week's worth of stuff with you um how you been things busy for you with uh, what Toronto's doing and and that sort of thing? Yeah, it's actually really kind of picked up here in the last week. Obviously, there was some news yesterday with Bill Peters 
uh, stepping back into hockey in the WHL. Uh, the Leafs news, the Matthews extension, as well as the Keefe extension. And you can tell that hockey's right around the corner. And spent the last couple of days myself uh, packing up at the beach, cleaning up, and it's hockey time. Like, we're, we're ready to go. My son's got, two, uh, he's got a tournament this weekend, four games, and we're right back into it. Love it. Love it that you're right back into it. Uh, Austin Matthews, yeah, we haven't been able to discuss with you as far as that uh, the contract extension goes. Uh, your thoughts on, on the, the term and the dollar amount? You know, I think a lot of people in Toronto have been worked up about the term, and they're saying, you know, how could you pay that type of AAV, the highest AAV in the league, and only get four years? when you've seen all of these other guys, Nathan McKinnon, Connor McDavid, whoever it may be, they've almost all signed for the max term. And I actually look at that as a win-win for the Leafs and certainly a win for Austin Matthews. He gets another payday out of it. But if you look at it from the Toronto Maple Leafs perspective, four more years, that will take him to his 31st birthday. That is the 13 best years of Austin Matthews that you could possibly purchase. And so when you look at it from that perspective, that's typically when players, and probably not the elite ones, because you've seen other players in the league. Uh, Nikita Kucherov, for instance, was his 30 to 31-year-old season this year, and certainly he's not disappointing. But I think the term isn't necessarily a negative for the Leafs, as much as everyone thinks it is. It's interesting because I, I feel like there's a sentiment that this boxes them into losing someone else like a William Nylander. And I, I mean, I, I guess it doesn't necessarily need to be the case because they've done plenty of cap gymnastics before. But uh, it, it doesn't leave them in an easier spot by any means because you're sort of waiting on what that salary cap increase is, is going to be and, and how relief, uh, how much relief you're really going to get. Well, we actually have a really good idea, and I haven't had a chance to dig in and write the story yet, but we know that the salary cap increase now moving forward once this debt is paid off, unless they negotiate something different, the paperwork actually calls for an increase to $87.5 million next season. And then beyond that, I think it's 91.5 or 92 the year after. So we actually do have a really good sense. And then I don't know that it necessarily boxes them in because this extension kicks in at the time of the increase. Remember, Matthews has one season remaining on his current deal. And when you consider that and then the new cap hit, it's essentially a very similar percentage of cap. So he didn't really get a significant raise in terms of percentage. And then you have other deals that are coming off of the books. TJ Brody's entering the final year of his deal. Um, John Tavares will only have one more year after that. You can kind of start to see a little bit of flexibility coming Toronto's way, which is actually kind of scary for everyone else. I know this is called Oilers now, but it's kind of scary for everyone else because I think, really, Toronto was hurt by the pandemic and the flat cap for these last four years, probably more than anyone else. And Edmonton would certainly be in that top five conversation because 
you kind of budget out those deals thinking that the cap is going to increase. But the way Toronto really structured their cap, I don't think any team has been more damaged than them. Frank, looking at the national television broadcast in the U.S., the Edmonton Oilers are all over it, at least by my count. I had ESPN and ESPN Plus with 12 and TNT with 6. But that's not that's not um, fail-safe, but it's got to be around there. Uh, your thoughts on, on the Oilers getting a lot of uh, nights on national TV in the U.S.? It's about time. I mean, <laughs> you want the best in the world on your tube. You want to see the Michael Jordan of the NHL, whoever, you know, whatever comparison you want to make. And you want it on the big boy network and you want it in prime time. And I think that's, there's been a number of changes in the way the game has been displayed in the U.S. in the last couple of years with the rights changing. And not all of it has been positive. I think the fact that so many of the games are, are only on streaming really makes it difficult because I don't think ESPN Plus has the subscriber numbers quite yet to really support strong viewership on that front. But one of the things that ESPN, I think, has really gotten right, and it's a big transition from NBC, is they want star power and they don't really care where that player plays. If he's on a Canadian team, if he's on the Oilers and he's out west, it doesn't matter. They want the best players and the best teams on their network. And NBC just didn't do that. They very rarely showed the Canadian teams. Um, and I think to their own detriment, yes, they played to the markets. They played to Chicago and Pittsburgh and Philly and the Rangers. And that's great. But when those teams have a downswing, you've got to have the stars on your network because that's what people want to see. It makes it a marquee matchup. We we had uh, Stu McDonald on the show yesterday, and we we're talking about some of the individual ticket packs. He's saying that already Connor Bedard is one of the most popular tickets in town for individual sales when he comes through to play the Oilers. But don't forget, don't be so quick to forget the showcase that is the guys that suit up for Edmonton every single night. And being in this market, you do become a little bit numb to that. It, there's not really, I don't think a lot of like financial kickback or, or anything like that to be garnered other than to just be able to showcase you know the top player in the game wearing that Oilers jersey right like how, how what's your take on that Frank yeah I would say that the same is true that the Oilers have an impact everywhere else that they visit like take for instance I live in Philly the Oilers are coming in I think it's the their fourth game of the year so it's in mid-october 17th 18th something like that i don't have the schedule right in front of me and that's a draw like that's a big you know in what would otherwise be for the flyers rebuilding in the middle of you know an eagle season in which they have legitimate super bowl expectations the phillies will be right in the middle of hopefully the the mlb playoffs and all of a sudden, you've got Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl coming to town. And for one night, maybe of the entire season, the Flyers will be relevant in town. And that's, that's all due to the, the star power that's in the lineup. Exactly. And 
you love to see it. And today is the day, Frank, on this date in 1983, <laughs> speaking of star power. And, and because of Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, the notoriety of the Edmonton Oilers across North America, it puts Edmonton on the map. And, and people south of the border uh, come to know where Edmonton is and what it's about. On this date in 1983, Wayne Gretzky was on Young and the Restless. And I remember <laughs> this, Frank, I remember this back then. It was That's a big because deal. You're a loyal, you're a loyal soap opera watcher. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm busted. You just I busted tell, me. You were a big, bold, bold, and the beautiful fan. Sure. You just busted me on the air. Yeah, absolutely. But it was a big deal around here at that time uh, for Wayne Gretzky to be on Young and the Restless. But yeah, you look at the star power with with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl and having that uh, that that amount of cachet around the league and great to see it on uh, the U.S. national broadcast. And uh, like you say, with coming into Philadelphia early in the year, that that makes it uh, a desirable game. So I, I, uh, looking forward to that for sure. Uh, yeah, like I, I, when you see that with the Oilers, you see this with Connor Bedard. Bedard's going to have that type of pull as well. Uh, will, he, will you think he'll have that? throughout the league right off the bat or, or will that take a little bit of time to gain that momentum for him probably a little bit of time i mean look um i wish i could say that hockey in this country was the same draw that it is in yours and that the fan bases are just as knowledgeable and just not the case so yes people here have heard of Connor bedard they don't know quite what to expect, what level he's going to be at, which I put in parentheses, pencil him in for at least 30 and 30 this year, um, which would be an impressive uh, jump. I think it's going to be even higher than that, but that's a minimum. Um, And they're going to figure it out pretty quickly. And to be fair, they're also giving him some of that marquee billing and treatment. I think he's opening against Sidney Crosby and the Pittsburgh Penguins. So, um, that's you know that gives you some indication in terms of how Gezelmaker, the league, uh, these broadcast networks view Connor Bedard and what's coming next for the Hawks. Chatting with uh, Frank Saravalli from Daily Faceoff, uh, brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta. Reminder: the last day of thoroughbred racing for the season. That's tomorrow. Uh, more info at thehorses.com. Three Canadian teams entering the season without a captain. And I wonder when you talk about a Canadian market, the importance of having that leadership position sewn up. Calgary, Winnipeg, Vancouver, all going through similar transitions in that sense. And I know you guys have, I think you guys have written the article on it on Daily Faceoff. But just, you know, the importance of having some sort of a central leadership figure when you're playing in a market where you're in the magnifying glass for sure. You know, I... I kind of waffle on this because I think if you have the right guy, it makes a big difference. And I think if you are just slapping a letter on someone's jersey just for either presence or to try and stir that up or whatever it might be, tradition, whatever you think you need to do, I feel like in some ways it loses the value of it and I, you know, my, my gut feel in answering your question would be that I think a lot of times the idea of the captaincy 
is overblown. Uh, there's too much focus, too much pressure, too much uh, attention paid to it. And a lot of times you see players that are fine leaders that all of a sudden feel like they have to do too much. I thought Winnipeg last year was a really interesting experiment because they took the C off of Blake Wheeler's jersey, and I think a lot of people were expecting him to just kind of be one of the guys. And as much as that thought process in theory might have made sense, the truth is talk to people in Winnipeg and they'll tell you that Blake Wheeler ran the show last year still. And that's not a negative. Maybe people just gravitate towards him, whatever the case may be. Um, But it almost made them have to make that move this summer to, you know, I don't want to say get him out of there, but they had to transition. And I'd be curious to see if they do make the decision to go with someone like Josh Morrissey, who really seems to stand out and make so much sense. Or do they leave it vacant for a bit? Because I don't know that there's anything wrong with that. If you don't have the right person, don't do it just for the sake of doing it. Fair enough. Yeah. Pushing somebody into a position they're not comfortable with. Uh, Frank, earlier this week, we had uh, Pete Vandermeer on the show, and we were telling old-time hockey stories, and he was giving us the details on the infamous line brawl with the Philadelphia Phantoms from uh, back in the early 2000s. You're a Philadelphia guy. Do you remember that time when the Phantoms played at the at the Spectrum and, and had those teams that um, played a, well, let's just say a physical brand of hockey? I do. I remember it quite well. They had some, I mean, for lack of a better term, and I don't mean to disparage anyone, they had some absolute mutants on that team. (laughs) (laughs) Frank, the animal by Lois, comes to mind as perhaps uh, the the chief instigator among them. And I got to tell you that being in this city, the Phantoms were like, a, they were a big deal. They drew really well first off. They carried on the sort of Broad Street bully tradition in the same building, the same dressing room as those same flyers did. And it became like a vaunted place to play again, which was really fascinating to see. And I think it was really important from a hockey and business perspective for the team yeah, it's great that you have your AHL affiliate across the parking lot that, you know, you can have your hands all over and fingerprints all over from a development perspective. But the Flyers, and this is a blue-collar city just like Edmonton, the Flyers at a certain price point are just too much. Not every family can afford to go to a game. And so what you did is you opened it up to – all sorts of people that either were being introduced or a ton, tons of kids on a nightly basis that got a really entertaining uh, brand of hockey that those guys winning two Calder Cups, like some of those guys are still, they still have legend status, um, even though it's in the American Hockey League, uh, for their time in Philly. 
Great stuff, Frank. Uh, one more for you. I know you, you, so you touched on the Bill Peters hiring, and because it's to do with the Lethbridge Hurricanes, certainly has been making a little bit of waves in our neck of the woods. Just you know, a thought at uh, at the job done uh, in terms of the rehabilitation process. He's been away from North American hockey since 2019, and in a sense, I guess he was with the Grand Prairie team last year in in some capacity, but tried to make a go of it in the KHL as he was working on himself. Um, just what was what was your take on the situation? The announcement yesterday uh, I thought it was really disappointing um, and I think part of the reason for that is it's pretty obvious to me that they didn't really either do their homework or Bill Peters didn't really put in the work because something as simple as an apology I think goes a long way and you don't wait until five days before you know you have your next opportunity in hand to pick up the phone and try and get in touch with someone to make an apology. Not four years after it became public and 13 years after the incident happened. And I get the the social media response and discourse, which has been, okay, well, Akeem Aliou, not necessarily a a sympathetic character in some people's eyes, and and that's fine. Um, But how do we reckon with the physical altercations that Bill Peters had on an NHL bench, which were confirmed by Rod Brindamore, pretty much as upstanding a citizen as you can have. Um, There's a lot to unpack. It's too much to unpack in 30 seconds. But I will say that what it leaves me feeling with someone that absolutely hates cancel culture, um, I think, we're so ready as a society now to lock people up and throw away the key and not give second chances. In my book, in order to get a second chance, you have to put in the work and you have to be sincere. And I just don't have a sense that Bill Peters really has done that, regardless of whatever comes out of his mouth. And for me, I just, who I'm really angry for is, the next coach, the next young guy that could have had an opportunity coaching in the WHL that isn't going to get a shot now because they feel it's necessary to give Bill Peters another chance. And that's kind of what I'm left with is we've got impressionable teenagers, most of whom, I don't know what the number is, 80% of them won't go on to play you know, a significant run in professional hockey and will need to go to school and get on with the next part of their lives. You know, you're you're as a parent, you're handing your kid off to this guy that I just think has a lot of work left to do. Makes a lot of sense, Frank. Appreciate you uh, sharing your opinion on that. And we'll, uh, we'll get in touch with you next week. Okay, looking forward to uh, chatting with you in the new time slot. The switch to evenings. I am locked in Mondays and Fridays with Bob Stoffer. I mean, can you guys think of a better way to spend your Friday night than with Bob? Yes. But uh, Roos Chris, I don't know. Maybe maybe not at Roos Chris. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> Frank, thanks a lot, man. Enjoy uh, the rest of your summer here. Have a good one, guys. All right, Thank Frank Saravalli for our friends. At the Horses Horse Racing Alberta, quick time out here on Oilers Now. i got something for you when we come back. Hi, this is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. And this is uh, Wayne, out of our Edmonton operation. Sure could use some of your class around home, Nikki. 
thank you. Um, are you just visiting, Mr.? Call me Wayne. Everybody does. Wayne. Well, I, I'm glad you could join us. Just wish I could go along in your honeymoon, too. Oh, come on. With all the girls you got, don't make me laugh. Uh, trade all of mine for yours. So, uh, do you work for the same people as Tommy? Yeah. I hope I do my job as well as you do yours. Wayne, help yourself with some champagne, man. Yeah. I'll be back. Wayne from the Edmonton operation. Wow, this day in 1983 on The Young and the Restless. That's correct? Uh Uh-huh. Were you watching it, or did you know that this was going to make an appearance? Yeah. This must have been a huge deal. It was a huge deal. And yeah, I... At that time, I no, was I a regular of watching that show? I was not. But everybody knew that uh, that Wayne was going to be on that show. So I was watching that day because I was so fired up as a youngster to see Wayne Gretzky on Young and the Restless. It was a big deal. Wayne out of the Edmonton operation. <laughs> Trade all these girls for yours. <laughs> it's gold. It's gold. That is spectacular. Hey, don't miss your chance to join an exciting road trip down to Nashville, Tennessee. Haven't heard about this one yet? Well, listen up. The Oilers, of course, playing the Predators, but this package includes nonstop airfare with Flair Airlines, four nights in a deluxe hotel near all the action. And the action's on the ice, and the action's on the strip as well. You a welcome reception with Bob and special guests, lower bowl game tickets of course. Uh, You can experience all that Music City USA has to offer this October on the Nashville road trip. Call New West Travel today or go online to newwesttravel.com We will uh, head down the QE2 to Calgary and we'll connect with Ryan Leslie when we come back after a global news update with Kevin Robertson. Leslie is hilarious to watch on TV. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. I also want to know what the change of scenery has been like for the Flames with the off-season changes. I think there's been a changing of the guards, certainly, behind the bench and in the front office. And uh, It's been a while since we've talked about it, so we'll drag that all out on the air when we come back. Brendan and Cam with you on Oilers Now.